Welcome back to another episode of More Than Running. This week's guest is Danny Aragon. Danny is a U.S. 800 and 1500 meter runner, a Notre Dame alumni, a really incredible human, an Olympic trials finalist, and so much more. In the beginning of the episode, you'll hear a very interesting and silly introduction from her current roommates, her Notre Dame teammate, Molly Seidel, and her friend, John Green, as well. You'll hear about their prank war. What's it like going stir crazy? It seems like a little bit in Flagstaff. So bear with us through the silliness in the beginning, but it's a fun start to learn what it's truly like being pros at a training camp. Danny trains with the Empire Elite Track Club and has been out of college for about five years. She did five years at Notre Dame. And the reason why I wanted Danny to come on this podcast is her post-collegiate career has been one of trials and tribulations, getting through injuries and developing a true self-belief. I think that's a story that a lot of people can resonate with of developing your confidence as an athlete in the middle of intense training. So I hope you guys enjoy Danny, and I hope she gains some new fans from this episode. If you've been following me on social media, you know I put out a call to action, how to transition to being an early morning runner. And one of the pieces of feedback I received was having something to look forward to for breakfast when you return. Insert Keiyuku. Keiyuku is a breakfast shake for athletes and it guarantees solving the breakfast dilemma where you don't know what to eat after a run to fuel for a busy day, after training, before training, or even just having that classic flavor fatigue. Um, I'm looking at you, oatmeal. The ingredients in Keiyuku are handpicked for athletes and unlike other shakes, there's not 70 random ingredients, but there's not enough of any to be effective. There's 16 superfoods to give you the highest efficacy of every ingredient. Keiyuku is a shake that is gluten-free and vegan. It doesn't taste like grass. It's yummy and delicious. It has hints of turmeric and cinnamon. My personal favorite way to have Keiyuku, I did it this morning, was lots of mango, banana, a little bit of almond milk. Sometimes you can even add some almond butter in there. And it's really just a very soothing and tasty way to start your day. So if you want to check out Keiyuku, head to the feed. Um, You can find it there. The feed is the largest online store for endurance athletes to purchase performance, nutrition, supplements, and recovery gear. So go to thefeed.com backslash more than running to learn more about Keiyuku and the feed. All right. Welcome back to the more than running podcast. Today's guest is going to be introduced by her roommates. Welcome on roommates, Molly Seidel and John Green. We are pleased to be announcing our incredible, talented roommate today. We're going to list off. We're going to hype her up a little bit because she never hypes up herself. But I think we should start with uh, non-running accolades. And we're going to talk about her Wordle skills. Um, (laughs) Absolutely crushes Wordle. uh, An average of about two tries per day. So... The number, the number of times she's gotten like one-off wordles is incredible too. She went like, there was a streak of about seven days where she didn't do worse than two. <laughs> but that was 
That was a hot seat. You can't talk. I, you're okay. not hyping yourself right now. Okay. So Wordle <laughs> aficionado. Um, she ran at Notre Dame where she was big East champion in the mile and 1500 meters indoor and outdoor. I don't think I ever. No, or, did I? Uh, maybe. This is the greatest or, introduction of all time. Big East team champion <laughs> as well. Shut up. You can't talk yet. <laughs> Finish runner up. Uh, at nationals for indoor in the DMR on the mile leg. She is a 405, 1500 meter runner, Olympic trials finalist in 2020. Uh, not, oh my God, not 2020. <laughs> We're so far back in 2021. Um, and all around incredible human, super fast. One of the most graceful runners I've ever seen. And the person that I wish I could have is my stunt double whenever I'm doing any sort of running thing. Uh, we have the legendary the wonderful Danielle Aragon. Wow. <laughs> yeah, put a few asterisks on some of those, some of those aggregates. I'm not even going to get don't into the prank check. war. I don't I, I'm not bringing up the prank war, just like horrible at pranks. Um, <laughs> okay, wait, actually, that's, that's where we're going to start is the prank war while we have the attention of the roommates is... I think we also on social media from afar. And that's how I creep on all of you because I no longer <laughs> live in the same city, which is just unfortunate. But uh, we all know Molly got pranked by you two devils thinking she had a dog. <laughs> and I never have seen, I've seen Molly scared. I don't know if I've ever seen Molly that scared that you to ha- own a dog. She was, <laughs> she was, yeah, she was real. Like we hit a nerve and it was excellent. I just so whose up- idea was that though? All babies. I feel like that was those those kind. Of, that was more John. I feel like that was more. <laughs> Don't you. throw me under the bus. No, it, it definitely was. It's definitely idea. more John. <laughs> Did I fully get on board? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like Danny's got the ideas, and then John executes those ideas. <laughs> so they're a nightmare together. <laughs> so what is you said? It's a war, though. Who's gone back and forth? How has Molly retaliated? No, it's just John. so I made it very. So I don't like pranks. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a not fun person. I'm not into practical joking. I'm not into pranks, and so. After it was established that if anyone pranks me, they will be kicked out of the house. <laughs> the prank war is now just between John and Danny, and it has escalated severely. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I've been not in a not a healthy way. I've been living off for croutons, basically, yeah. and she stole my like only substance, basically. Well, John. Okay, let me set the scene. John eats <laughs> yes, yes. croutons. Like uh, any okay for wait wait what kind of croutons like in a target. box target, target brand croutons Need to be target brand They're seasoned target croutons garlic at least what are they garlic do they have a flavor or are they just literally stale pieces of bread go get them go I think yeah I think it's like Italian seasoning probably like whatever normal seasoning croutons They're are. Just- Seasoned croutons. Yeah, yeah. yeah target okay. brand seasoned croutons. Market market pantry is the go to. <laughs> But yeah, so he eats those as like, like throughout the day, like eats like a bag a day. <laughs> and so naturally, whenever he like runs out, he's like, Dan, did you eat my croutons? And like, obviously I didn't because I don't snack on croutons. Um, so I guess it started when I replaced, I like poured out his, one day I just like poured out his croutons and replaced them with Tide Pods and these rubber ducks from another prank. Actually, no, I have been being pranked that every day, I love taking baths and every day in my bathtub, a new novelty rubber duck shows up. Okay, well, that's just cute. It is really cute. (laughs) And honestly, I love it because now I have like, I have about 30. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How big is this bathtub? 
(laughs) It's a normal size, like small bathtub. And it's just all rubber ducks on the top. And each one is different in its own unique way. We're really getting the inside scoop into what the dynamic of this house is that you guys have put together. Because you guys have lived lived together for how long now? Uh, all of us like three months now. Yeah, probably like Danny has been here since November. John got here in January. So yeah, it's been three months that we haven't killed each other yet, though. I thought Danny was going to murder John when he stole her door. Um, (laughs) retaliation to the Tide Pod crouton. That's an escalation. No, that was the thing. Danny did like, it had been like a quiet period for a while, just rubber ducks. It was all cute. And then the, the crouton Tide Pod thing happened and John just retaliated way too far through all of Danny's clothes. He trapped you. Yeah. Like all my, okay. I got home. I knew he was going to do something crazy because I got this text about like, this is war. And I was like, okay, well I'm ready for anything. But I come home and like all my clothes, like I just hidden outside in the in different rooms um and then there's like tide pods hidden in my socks and then do you just keep finding oh, them yeah. everywhere I, I just keep finding them so it's like honestly at this point i'm like oh nice a tide pod like i held back and i didn't put tide pods in your spikes no tide pods so in my spikes. I, I said that would be a very bad idea fair and <laughs> molly and, did approve the door thing though no she said, i i said he texted me he said Molly, for the prank war, can I remove Danny's door? And I said, as long as nothing is damaged and everything goes back the way it was, sure. (laughs) I should have ended it there. I love it. I love it. I think it's like, you know, people, the outsider has a perspective of what this serious training (laughs) house looks like of hardcore runners. And it's really just a hot mess. And I I love to hear it because- Uh, that's a, that's what we yeah, need. I feel like that pretty well describes. Yeah, just generally everybody's thinking that it's this uh, highly <laughs> focused. We're probably just listening to like self uh, actualization stuff all day long. No, it's a John thinking about how to remove the door from Danny's room. John is <laughs> to, to searching <laughs> online the best way to glue all of Danny's furniture to the ceiling. Well, and now the big thing is whenever like I can't find my keys, or John can't find his wallet. Actually, John has like just hit. I'll, I'll be like eating a burrito and he's just hit it somewhere in the house. But like now I'm always There's so much always something and, and we'll be like, John. <laughs> This Where happened this morning. Yeah. This happened this morning. She couldn't find her keys and I couldn't find my stopwatches. And so <laughs> we both went to each other like, did you take this from me? And neither we neither of us did anything. It was just our own. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Sometimes it, sometimes a prank isn't being pulled on you and it's just you being an idiot. <laughs> I, I think it keeps it exciting. I think it keeps it fun. To flip back to training real quick though, like how often do you two run together? Like are you, do you ever train together or is this, Yeah, you too. No, that's we actually run together a lot because we have a shared love of going really slow on easy (laughs) runs. And so it works out perfectly that like I'll like on Monday. So Danny joined me, Dan, we're doing very different mileage. But yeah, mm -hmm. Molly does double the mileage I do on the normal. Well, no, not even double. Triple. Triple. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. 
Yeah. How do you don't talk about that? We don't talk about that. But basically how it works on like easy runs. So if Dan's doing five or six and I'm doing 12, like we, I really want to start out all my runs very, very slowly. And Danny, because she's a 1500 meter runner training up here needs to take her easy runs very slow. So it's like, it works out perfectly. I can get in five with Danny and then just finish up on on my lonesome. And Yeah. yeah, I feel like we do a lot of our like easy stuff together. And I, I never don't have a running partner because Molly's always running <laughs> at least six miles more than me morning. Yeah, you could be late. <laughs> it could be do, any do you guys have a schedule? Day. Is there like a house routine? Do we we have no you just we heard just us do. talk about a prank where we, we do. No it's routine. like we run we at do. nine or nine thirty. Yeah, we morning, generally run nine or nine thirty every morning. Mondays are strides. Mondays um, are my day off. Mondays yeah. are John's day <laughs> off. Tuesday, Friday workouts and Sunday long runs. Yeah. And we actually we Pretty start basic. a lot of our long runs together too. We do. We, we start a lot of them together. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my I, god. I, I, I end a lot of them by myself. <laughs> hey, you know, I for the listeners, I almost only done one stint in Flagstaff. I was telling these guys before we hopped on the call, I only did about three runs. So, and I ended a lot of them by myself. So I fully understand. I think Flagstaff is like one of the hardest places to run because of the wind. And I don't know if that's a year round kind of thing, but it's crazy. Yeah. We're about to die. When we get off, uh, when we get off interrupting this call, I've got to go do double workout. And it is like, 30 mile an hour winds out there right now. It's yeah. really not great. <laughs> well, Wait. we're going to boot you guys off. Cause this is a Danny podcast, yeah. but okay. we're going to Danny interrupted. No, this is perfect. But Danny, if you want to well wish these beautiful <laughs> people, s- send them a message of luck next week. Oh, send them Wait. off. Oh yeah. Bye guys. Have a good workout. Yeah. Work hard, <laughs> work hard, play hard. Enjoy your second workout. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so you so live with straight out. fools. Yeah, it's a it's a time. Well, yeah, now I know what to send John. I'm just gonna mail him a box of Target croutons and he'll yeah. be so happy. Also, spicy porkless plant-based snack rinds from Trader Joe's. Pretty good. If anyone's listening to this podcast and needs to send the uh green Aragon Seidel House some actual snacks. Please do because I've only heard suspect things so far. Yes, yeah. recommendations. We need them. John's other thing is like eating mac and cheese out of the like mac and cheese and croutons are his staples. So, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Elvita mac and cheese. Right, see yeah. Right. See ya. Oh my gosh. Well. Yeah. Most fun that I've had to, to a podcast start in a long time. I honestly, it's like very. I think it's really cool to see, um, you know, just such good friends to get to live together. Obviously you had a lot of change. You previously trained with NJ and NY in New York and moving to Flagstaff probably was a really big change for you. What was that like when you moved out kind of full-time in November, December? Yeah, I think I got here in November, but, um, honestly it's just been, it's been so nice that Molly's out here and like Molly and I live together in college. And it, when I like kind of take a step back and think about it, I'm like, wow, it's kind of a dream that we're like still running. We're living in Flagstaff, you know, it's pretty cool. We get to do this. And I think if you would have told us that like eight years ago, we would have been like, no way. I know. (laughs) Wait, so you guys overlapped at Notre Dame for the whole time or just no, you guys the whole time. 
we came in as freshmen together. So, oh, you were the same. Were you on the same recruiting trip? I don't think we were on the same recruiting trip. I think we came opposite weekends. But I think, yeah, I obviously knew of her because she was like super fast. She won Footlocker, you know, like I knew who she was. So I feel like I definitely knew like, oh, Molly might come here, you know. Um, But I hadn't met her until orientation. Well, we were on recording before we had some technical difficulties. And one thing you were saying was that you didn't necessarily anticipate that you'd still be running after college. Um, And, you know, seeing as you're in this house, you're running with Molly. If you guys like put some money on you starting um, freshman fall first week, you're like, okay, eight years from now, we'll still be doing this. Um, Would you have bet on yourself that you'd still be running professionally five years out of school? Yeah. You know, five years out of school, probably not like, (laughs) so I think both Molly and I probably like freshman, sophomore year, a lot of hot mess express. So yeah, I, I feel like I always thought, so my, my dad ran after college a little bit and I always thought like, Oh, like I knew it was a thing people could do, but I mean, college is rough. I feel like you have a lot of injuries. You're kind of like making your way. So I definitely probably, definitely probably in double. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have thought I'd still be running um, five years after graduating, but. Yeah. So I you am. kind of have a run, you have a running family. Um, where did your dad go to college and then run after college? Uh, so he, he ran at Notre Dame too. So. Oh, legacy. One of, those, one of those Notre Dame families where I was like in a Notre Dame sweatshirt since I could walk, <laughs> but um, after college, she ran for athletics West. Classic. I think that was, it was like the Nike team back in the day. Um, and I think he trained, he trained in New Mexico for most of it. Oh, interesting. I knew they had like a Palo Alto contingent, but I didn't know that there was a New Mexico, uh, training base as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was just him or if it was like a pretty big group of athletics West people, but he was in school he like went straight to med school. So he was in school in New Mexico while he was running. So I think that's why he mostly trained in New Mexico. So you have, I know, I know you at least have one sister. Um, Do you have any other siblings as well? I do. I, I, well, I have an older sister and a younger sister. And you guys are, you know, I know your younger sister runs. Did your older sister Yeah, she did. She actually um, ran at Notre Dame with Molly and I. So she was a steeplechaser and she still jumps in my workouts and can like kick my butt in a tempo. So she's always, she's always ready. She's definitely a weekend warrior. (laughs) I think it's really cool. I was always kind of jealous a little bit of running families where it's, you know, not weird for everyone on a Sunday to get up and go for a long run. And that's kind of the thing you guys do together. So I totally have a, I have a lot of envy towards, you know, a running culture family. I love my family to death. Um, sometimes they're like, why are you still doing this? Why do you run so much? But I, do you have any early memories of you guys all running together? Did you do races or was it something that you all found in your own way? Um, I think we, my mom, my mom ran a lot growing up. Like we, I remember being in the jogger. She'd like push us around town. Um, 
And then I feel like we were all, there was like the women's run. I don't know if you have, do you guys have a women's run or is that a Montana thing? No, but I want to hear more about the women's okay. run. So we'd always do the women's run, which is like this big race every, um, in the spring. And my, my mom and her friends would like sort of put it on, but, um, I feel like that was probably my first experience with running. So like all the women in Montana would get out and it was a really fun time. And there was like a kid's race and lots of activities. So that's probably my first running memory. Um, in Montana. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I always forget you're from Montana. Cause I just, it, I put people who are, went to Notre Dame just from, from Indiana, Chicago. from Chicago, from that area. Um, did you grow up at altitude? Uh, not, I mean, not, I think, I think Billings is at 3000. Okay. So. That's, that's not, that's something. Yeah. I don't know if everyone would call it altitude, but I guess, I guess it's sort of altitude. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're Boston, right? I'm from, I'm from New Jersey originally, but my family's from, you know, they live in the new England area now, but my first altitude experience wasn't until a couple years ago. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I think it's kind of a totally new type of training. And you, re- when you were training at JNY for, you were in three years total in New York, opposite of altitude, you guys were at complete sea level. Um, what's kind of the transition been like now that you're living full-time in Flagstaff? Honestly, I, I wish I could say I'm like fully adjusted and every- <laughs> and everything's easy, but I think it's, um, I still run pretty slow on my easy days. I think I'm getting somewhat better at just like knowing my body and knowing running is just a little harder up here, but, um, I think having a bigger difference between like workouts and easy days has been pretty key for me. Uh, I still think I still strength workouts are still hard for me out here. Um, but I feel like I'm kind of chipping away and starting to like recovery days feel more like recovery, that kind of thing, but it's definitely been an adjustment. <laughs> So you're still, you're coached by, um, Tommy Nohilly and your other coach at Empire Elite and John Troutman. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more of kind of, you know, obviously NJNY went through a transition, um, you know, with, you know, losing the Hoka sponsorship and then, um, those guys taking over and the team going through a lot of changes, people retiring and, um, some was natural change and some meant that, you know, people kind of were looking at for other opportunities and other sponsors. How did that kind of impact your decision-making of what you were going to do um, the year leading into the trials with COVID going on? Like what was going on in your head when you were sitting at home, March, 2020? Yeah. So uh, during the pandemic, I was actually living in a house of like six of my teammates. So we had a big house. So we, we kind of kept running But obviously, like we knew that. um, So so Hoka had signed with NJNY through 2020, and we eventually learned that they weren't going to like re-sign us into the following 2021 year. And so, I would say through that summer, we kind of stayed in pretty good. Well, I stayed in New York for most of the summer. And then went to Colorado and we did a little train trip there. But um, towards the falls when everyone sort of started to split ways. And for and I I thought about, you know, I considered like, okay, should I find a new situation if 
everyone's leaving because it was kind of just like a mass exodus. Like one week everyone was there and then gradually it was like everyone sort of going their separate ways. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, I think that having like staying in the same place, having coaches that I trust, um, is probably the best way to go into an Olympic year just because I felt like I didn't want to, I didn't want to get, I I knew I wanted to see it through to the trials Mm -hmm. and it sort of felt like, you know, ending it with the people I started, started it with that felt like what I was kind of leaning towards. And then it ended out, it ended up being, you know, a good situation. Like I felt like our training kind of just started clicking that fall and I kept things pretty simple by, you know, staying in New York. It's definitely different being here because there's so many runners out so much going on. New York's not like that. It's like just kind of us on the team outside of the city. It's a little bit, I guess, lonelier, but I do think it was a very focused, uh, like period of time where I just kind of chipped away and yeah, that's how I ended up staying in New York. But <laughs> I think that there's so many different factors that went on in 2020 for people to make yeah. decisions that you really had to be very introspective of what's going to work for me, what's not going to. And I think there's always a better option on the table sometimes, but staying in the same place is kind of the hard one. Um, do you th- feel the same way that like it was harder just to not change anything when so many people were making big changes? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt like, um, I think I was always sort of looking around, like, should I, should I be trying to make a change? You know, everyone's sort of figuring out even like next step stuff. Like, I think at this age, we're all sort of like, okay. The twenties are a hot mess <laughs> They are for everyone. Mess. Yeah. And I think there was, I had a ton of And I still do every once in a while, you know, I think, I think I just realized I was spending a lot of energy wondering if I should be in another place, like, what should I do? And I realized like, if I just kind of applied that energy to like, okay, make your situation work, um, believe it's going to work. And like, that's all you can really do. So that was kind of like my mindset for that. But I think I wanted to keep it more simple. Um, yeah, you never know. I mean, I feel like everyone sort of just makes a move and hopes it's right. And it probably is, you know? Yeah. We raced each other a lot last spring, kind of mostly on the East coast leading into the trials. Um, could you feel yourself and you really performed kind of at the highest level? Not many people get to go into the trials off a personal best kind of feeling their very best making the Olympic trials. Did you kind of feel the pickup of momentum happening and was it a relief of, okay, I made the right decision and, and stay here as you were going into it. Cause it was really cool to watch from like an outsider of, you know, race to race. You could just see like the steam picking up and it was really fun to see kind of every race, like your confidence growing over time. Oh, thanks. As I was watching behind you. (laughs) I feel like it was that race with you in New York where I, where I started kind of like running well I guess um that New York the trials of miles oh yeah I I was very so basically last year I came to Flagstaff I did one workout and I hurt my knee and didn't run for like three weeks so that was super I was in Flagstaff couldn't run 
you know, you don't have many distractions because like everyone's there training for the Olympics. And so I feel like coming back to New York, I was like super relieved to get back to New York because I felt like super stressed at stress and Flagstaff because I couldn't even run. And then I got healthy. And that was as I started to sort of like, I think, I think I kind of hit this, like, okay, I'm either going to do it or I'm not. Like I started approaching races differently. Like you don't have that many shots and yeah. I don't know. What was the question? No, I, the, not really a question, but it's just more like you felt, you felt the momentum. Yeah. I definitely building. felt the momentum. It, it was definitely stressful. Cause I feel like I was so, I kind of thought after I hurt my knee, I was like, oh man, like I just, I haven't run for three weeks. Like what's going to happen. And then I sort of shifted that into like, okay, well, oh, you know, you have four shots to make to go under four, four Oh seven. So every time you race, just like close as hard as you can. And then I think I learned how to race differently than I had in the past by kind of having that pressure sitting there. Um, was there kind of a time I know for, for me, there was like one period of my life in college that I was just kind of unreasonably confident. And then somewhere along the way, my pro career, I lost that spark a little bit. Um, did you have a period before that you had felt that kind of level of confidence in your racing, like, you know, whether it be in high school or college, um, so that you knew it was inside of you. I think, I mean, I feel like we all probably felt confident in high school. Um, I feel like definitely high school, I raced a lot differently. Like I just raced to win every time I got on the line. And I feel like naturally in college, you start racing, you start racing college girls who are like so much better than you. And it's easy to sort of be like, oh yeah, just tuck in and like try my best. Um, so yeah, I think, I think probably high school is when, but I I'm from Montana, like a small place where, you know, I love it it. my sisters like running the track meet running like seven events. So I think it was easier to be confident in high school when you kind of know everyone and you, yeah, you're used to less competition, I guess. But yeah, I think I, I, I just became a little bit less fearful this past year and just realized that like, okay, I'm not scared to get beat. If I like, I'm not afraid to like try to win and then get beat, you know? So then you eventually obviously made it to the trials and, you know, brand new stadium. You'd competed in Eugene before Nancy blaze. Were you kind of in a state of like, I'm happy to be here. Let's see what we got. Or what was your mentality leading into the meet? Yeah. I, I think it, that, that kind of felt like the moment of like, okay, wow. Like I, you know, I'm here felt kind of surreal. Um, but also it felt like, I think I was super anxious the whole season. Like I was anxious before races. And the only time I really felt calm was when I like stepped on a line. So I feel like throughout this season, I learned how to use those nerves and like that anxiety to sort of like perform better and find calm when I actually got in the race. So I think going into the trials, I sort of felt the same sort of like, it's a big event, you know, we've put so much weight on it, but I tried to really focus on letting nerves be a positive thing and learning how to be like, okay, like this is my process. I get super nervous. It's my process. <laughs> then I step on the line and it like, it melts. That's so, so fascinating that like, yeah. so you get there 
is it kind of a, have you heard of flow state? You know, like you can almost like see yourself in a way. Do you kind of get that feeling when you're competing and you're, when you're standing on the line? I think I try to, I think I definitely, I feel like a few of the races I had definitely felt like that flow state of like, Oh, I felt so just like in tune with my body and I felt strong and almost like I didn't think at all during the races, but it was weird because probably that whole buildup was the most anxious, like life-wise I'd ever been. So it became like this, like, I almost like was so excited to just get there and get on the line. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird, but now I'm working on sort of like having a better, I don't want to have extreme nerves like that. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, the trials are just the definition of extreme nerves. You ended up finishing eighth of the trials in a PB four Oh five, nine, you know, very close to, is that the A standard or, you know, just off the A and, um, how did that feel? I think sometimes when there's big races and you kind of reach a level that you've never been before, it's still kind of a feeling of, damn, I was close, but there's so much more to give. Did you kind of leaving it feeling relieved or just more of like, oh, I wish we could do this again tomorrow. I think it, yeah, I think. I think I didn't always expect myself to make the final. So I think making the final was my big like moment of like relief and like, holy cow, I, you know, I did it. And I think it took a couple of weeks to be like, wow, I was actually really close and maybe I could make a team. Like, I think uh, it took a few weeks for me to have that shift of like, wow, it doesn't take, I mean, like everyone at this level can make a team if things go right. And so I feel like I kind of started to shift my mindset maybe a few weeks after to be like, oh, that like, you know, maybe you, maybe next year you can be aiming to make, you know, obviously everyone's trying to make the team, but I think hey, I you can still, speak into yeah. an existence. <laughs> yeah. I think this year I'm more like, okay, well, what's the harm in being like, yeah, I want, I want to make the team. Like I got <laughs> kind of like putting a little bit bigger of a goal out there for myself where I think last year I was just like I'm here like yeah I know it's there's a very stark shift of happy to be here versus okay I want this next level do your coaches coach Tommy and John did they say this to you all the time and like they have bigger goals for you than yourself or kind of how do you guys do goal setting um, with having two coaches. Cause that's kind of a unique situation too, having kind of the dual coaching and now obviously remote, even though you've had them in person for a long time, what does, um, what's kind of your relationship with them? Like, as it comes in reference to setting goals. Um, yeah, I think, I feel like we don't have a ton of just like goal setting talks, but I think, I think they've always believed in me and sort of made me believe in myself when I didn't believe in myself. And I think coach gags too, like coach gags was my first coach on NJMY. And I still get like, like he sends me like a sticky note that says, uh, three fifty nine, one fifty eight kick butt, you know? So like, I feel like I've always been surrounded by people who really push me to believe in myself and think that anything's possible. And so I think both, both Tommy and John are both kind of putting it in my head that, um, yeah, 
why not just, you know, go for it and see, see what we can do this summer. And I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to put that, I'm trying to put it in my head that it's not impossible to go sub two and sub four. So that's kind of my, my mind work I'm doing right now is being like, you know, this is probably the closest I'm ever going to be. So I'm going to every race just try to like, I don't know, run, run my heart out. (laughs) It's, it's April's a very funny time of the year to be thinking about your track season, because if you know, if you have a full track season, you could be racing from May until September. And it's a little daunting to think about how long that could possibly be obviously with USA's and the world championships and everything, but in the middle, do you, when you're thinking about like the season at hand, like what, what makes you excited? Is it the next race? Is it kind of overall, like how do you have an overlook of, um, what you want to do to get those big goals? Um, I think I'm learning that like, you don't really know when you're gonna run well. It might be early in the season. It might be late in the season. So I feel like thinking about this next, like upcoming races and that sort of thing, I, I'm sort of just like, okay, just do each week the best you can. And I feel like for myself, I really just want to run this summer through. I feel like sometimes like I get mentally drained or you know, I want to just really try to take care of my body and my mind so that I can be at all those summer races and just put myself in a position to maybe get some of those goals. Cause I think that's really what it's all about is like, I, I know I'm going to have hard races. I'm no, I know I'm going to have bad races that are going to come. And I think I'm just working on committing to be, being like, I'm going to see it through and just like, you know, as long as I'm healthy just keep showing up. And so I feel like that's kind of how I've been trying to approach this season is being like, you don't know, like, I mean, you don't know when you're going to run well. And sometimes it's when you don't expect to run well. So I'm working on being able to show up for like as many races as I can. This More Than Running podcast is brought to you by The Run Show. Coming to Chicago June 4th and 5th, this exciting new expo has been described as the Comic-Con for runners. It is designed to help runners plan for their season ahead and have an awesome day out with other like-minded people. They have an incredible set of inspirational speakers, including Carl Lewis, Dean Carnassus, Myrna Valerio, aka The Mervinator, Sally McRae, and lots more. You can also get a plethora of practical training advice from coaches and trainers on pacing, nutrition, training plans, and running techniques. Race raves are even on hand to advise you on choosing your next challenge. Plus, there's lots of great booths where you can try and buy products from brands including Ultra, Asics, Diodora, Garmin, Hoka, Fleetfeet, Feet, Ghostlies, Nathan's Sports, and Renderwear. And also interactive areas where you can get specialized gait analysis, learn about taping, try out recovery products, and get one-to-one advice. What's even better is we've been given 500 free tickets worth $15 each to give away to go to runshowusa.com to check out the full program and book tickets for yourself and your running pals with the code more than hurry when they're gone they're gone so book now that's runshowusa.com with the code more than have you have you had to do a lot of workouts alone like i know there's a million and a half people training in flag but you know things in new york you had your training group everyone was there at the same place in flag people are transient they're in and out there's people to work out with there's not people to work out with you can get really excited to work out because there are a lot of people. 
what is kind of, um, have you had to, you know, gain some skills of working out solo? Or are you always, um, somehow with someone? Yeah. Well, so lately it's been nice because Rebecca Mara is in town. So we've been doing a lot of workouts together. Um, so that's been super nice. I feel like I've kind of just bounced around to different workout groups, but then I also have worked out on my own because I do think aerobically, I'm just not, well, I don't want to say, I I think I'm just at a different, like a lot of the girls that live up here are, can run tempos in five fifteen, And like, I just, that's insane. I can't do that at sea level. That's so I've like sort of, 7,000, 7,500 feet. Where are you guys? You're like in the moon. Yeah. There's, I mean, I think what I realized is like last year, I, you know, I'd be like, oh, that was a really good workout because I didn't know what anyone else was doing. And then this year you see like, oh, people tempo at that pace. And I'm, and like last year I would have thought like a 545 tempo was good. And so kind of being able to stay in my own. For some of the work, I just do have to do it on my own because I think not at a place where I tempo at 515 yet. <laughs> or oh, and it's like gaining that confidence too. And you know, I'm doing my yeah. own thing. I'm training for a much different event than all these marathoners who are yeah. you know, tripling my distance all the time. I think that's a very hard, that's a hard piece of confidence to gain of just doing sticking to your plan. Yeah. I'm definitely getting better at just sticking to my plan because I think it's easy here. Everyone comes for camp. So they get excited in it to win it. And if you live here, you can't really like hammer your easy days every day or even like have amazing workouts every time. And so I think I'm getting a lot better at just being like, all right, like I got some good work in today and not really being that caught up in what it was. Mm-hmm. That's been probably big for me being up here. <laughs> what do you like to do outside of running that you know keeps you grounded and you have fun with? Like, what are your what does kind of a a day in the life look like? Day in the life. Well, right now it's fun because a lot of people are in town, so I feel like I like getting coffee with my girlfriends, or um, we have game nights sometimes, like a ton, just kind of like the basic things. What else? Yeah, right now moving in. So yeah, moving into Molly's new house, we just like are always kind of getting stuff done and moving stuff. So that's kind of taken up some of our time. But yeah, we like to have people over for dinner. Do you like to cook? You crazy? <laughs> yeah, I hey. do like to cook. I've been I, I've been on this like Asian noodle kick. Ooh. So I like how to make bad Thai. And then pad CU. Oh my gosh. I love pad CU. That's my main order. Yeah. I just learned about it like a month ago. I got it for the first time and now I'm obsessed with it. So yeah, I've been working on my, my cooking skills a little bit. Um, but yeah, really, really into cooking Asian food for some reason. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> As you kind of reflect on, you know, this athlete that you're, you know, the athletic career who knows how long this is going to be for, you know, the big lofty goals or just kind of taking it race by race. Is there something where you're like, I have to do this before I move on to the next phase of my life. Is there one thing that you're like, 
I really want to run this race. I really want to experience this before I'll feel satisfied. For me, it was the trials. But then I ran the trials hurt and I was like, God oh, damn, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing now. But is there something that you're like, I have a big lofty thing that I want to accomplish before, um, you know, or maybe you just run forever. Who knows? Yeah. Before I, yeah. Um, I feel like this is kind of like my pie in the sky goal, but I really want to break two and I really want to break four which I know breaking four is like pretty hard, but I feel like if I did that, I'd be like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like I, I think I'm ready to, yeah. I think that would be like my thing that I'd want to accomplish. Is there, do you have like a mentor or a role model um, that you kind of like looked up to racing growing up or even, you know, someone who's still running and competing that you're like, I love the way they race and compete and I want to emulate them. Or do you derive a lot of kind of who you look up to, like from more internal sources? Hmm. Um, I would say like, so I am a huge Kate Grace fan, even though I've like never met her, but I just think she's like a super fierce racer. And I, I love all her podcasts and just like, I think she's, do you follow her TikTok? It's hilarious. Oh yeah. I've seen her TikTok. Yeah. I got to follow her on TikTok, but yeah, that's probably like my athlete, my, uh, athlete crush that I'm like, Oh my God, she's, and she also started on NJMY. So that, that too, she like started out on NJMY. You guys are basically the same. I've always been watching her and like rooting her rooting for her, but, um, she's definitely, and then I would say my, my parents, like my dad, I, um, growing up, I feel like my dad's given me a lot of like race advice and kind of been my, um, my sounding board sort of, he's always been there like after races and before races. So I definitely say my dad, it's probably, probably one of those. <laughs> That's a good transition question. Cause I was going to flip back to your family and kind of talk about your sis- little sister a little bit who is she, I don't even know what year she is at Stanford, like Stanford, like number eight or something. Like how many years has she been there? She's been there for a, a minute. <laughs> sixth year. Yeah. She's the sixth year. Um, is she going to keep, I mean, this is more of a question for her, but cause you guys see yourself doing a little Aragon training squad, um, in the future. Yeah. That'd be super. That'd be super fun. I think she's, I think she's trying to figure out, I think it will depend. She's had some injuries, but, um, lately things have been going well. Like she's feeling healthy. She's excited. And so I do think that, um, she might keep running after college and, and I, and I hope she does because I think, I think it's different after college. It's sometimes easier to stay healthy, sometimes not, but like, I think the stress of school when she's sort of in her next phase. Like, I think she might really have fun with it. And yeah, cause Stanford's such an easy school. Yeah. Stanford, you know, when she's done with Stanford, like, I think you'll, I also think my relationship with running has changed as I've gotten older and like Mm. the community, the friends I've made, there's so many parts of running that I'm just like, so glad that I ended up doing it after college. Um, how do you so, think it, how do you think it changed versus college to professional level? Like what was the biggest change that you saw for yourself? Just the people. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, like the running community is super unique and I think not everybody has, like, I just think of, I mean, you were on my first trip to Europe. I remember like you have so many cool memories with just random people in the sport and, and random, random places. Cause I remember that too, just yeah. like grabbing a coffee in Leuven and yeah. I was only there for a short amount of time. And it's, it's like, you get to have such a shared experience. And I always, I always joked, I was like, I can see my running friends more times a year than my other friends. Cause we're doing this like random circuit together all over the U S yeah. and the world. It's like, it's such a crazy experience. Like I remember that summer and I remember you had been like working a full-time job and it started like had just popped Yeah, off. I took my PTO to I was come so out. Inspired. I was like, oh my God, like she's, she's amazing. I want to be her. Oh yeah. But I burnt out on that one. So. Yeah, no, that, that seems like a hard way to do it. But uh, yeah, I think I've, as I've gotten older, I've been able to appreciate just like the community it's given me, the friends running's given me the opportunities where I think sometimes I would just get so like anxious about racing or, you know, you can make, you can make anything more stressful or like more anxiety provoking Mm -hmm. than depending on how you look at it. So I think my big goal for myself is just like realizing how grateful I am to, you know, get to still be running living with Molly, you know, still out here kind of getting to experience it and meet new people. Yeah. It's, it's such a special thing and it's so much cool opportunity that sometimes like the stress of it all can take away from that. But I think it's great that you, while you're still in the sport like, are able to have that perspective because a lot of people don't get that until they decide to do other things, myself included. So now it's, uh, yeah. How is just- your, How's your experience been um, like running and I see that you're like doing tons of fun runs and how's yeah, your- I think for me, it was kind of just like introducing some other things that I thought I had to be super serious about and not do. Yeah. And I think that I'm um, similar to your roommate in that way. It's like, I like the biking. I like the skiing. I like adding all these other elements and I really missed it in a way that um, yeah. has been so nice to add back in. But I started training again, pretty, you know, getting back into it. So you might see me in some races. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if you just like <laughs> pop in some races this summer, run super fast, and be like, oh, I can ski, bike, and I can run fast. Like, hey, we're just gonna leave. We're gonna leave people wanting on that one because <laughs> I, I think that's for me. What I've always felt is. And I've re- reflected a lot about like the trials and things like that. Cause it, it, like you were saying, like it res- like you said, it, like hit me deep because it is so stressful because it's like your worth, your contract. It's like these numbers, the outside perspective, there's like so many things that are out of your control that you worry about all the time that when you like, unfortunately it often comes after you have a good result that you're like, Oh wait, yeah, I didn't need to have all that. And you're like, why did it take me running? Well, I feel like I deserved to be happy and I deserved to, you know, be enjoying this. And it sucks that we often get to that point where yeah. you can't enjoy the process until you have a result. So, I, I mean, I think this conversation will be like really empowering for a lot of people of just, you know, you came off an injury and then it all clicked, but it was still stressful at the time. And now you have a whole new perspective for this season, which I think is going to elevate you to a new level because. 
it sounds like you're, le- you're leading your season with a lot of gratitude. Yeah, I'm trying to, because I think there's definitely been times when I've like lost, you know, lost track of that and just been like, Oh, I'm so nervous. Like, you know, you just get in your own head or yeah, you think you don't deserve it. It's like, I remember thinking like, Oh, I don't know if I should be here. Like you can tell yourself so many things. And I think this year I'm being like, okay, I get to choose what I say to myself. Like I get to choose if I want to say, you know, I can do this. Like I'm going to, you know, I don't know. I, I got to figure that. I got to figure out. I'm going to finish what, like what Kate Grace and I'm going to break two yeah. and break four. Like, I get to choose how I look at what I'm doing. I guess that's the, I get to choose my own perspective. And I think realizing that, that you can kind of take control of your perspective has been huge for me and something I want to remember throughout the season. Cause I know there'll be a time where I'm like, I'm so stressed. I like got to write it down. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, keep your, keep your positive perspective. Be like, you get to decide that this is a really cool thing you get to do. And that like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how fast you run, but it's fun to chase something, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's what I'm trying to keep in my head that I, I really like chasing fast times and mm-hmm. races. Yeah. I think that comes out when you compete too, even if um, like, it really comes out when you compete, like the way you race, it's like that last lap hits and you're like, this is, this is the race that's happening. You're, you never let that opportunity to go. And I think that's something that other people notice. Um, I wanted to make sure to ask you uh, if you had any advice for anyone who's kind of looking to keep running after college. Um, if they're sitting here in April being like, I kind of want to do this, but I'm not sure. I don't necessarily have, I don't want to say too many options, but like, I don't know what the options are. Like, what kind of advice would you give to that person who isn't dead yet? Yeah. I I would say for anybody who still has like love for the sport and wants to keep running, there's so many ways to keep running and it's never easy. It's sometimes hard, but I do think like, I think I used to look at other people's situations and be like, you need the perfect setup to like run well. Like all these people have this and that, but honestly, now that I've been around the sport for a while, I see people working jobs and racing or like, if you want to keep running, I'd say like, just do it and let it be fun and like, let it give you a really cool community. And yeah, that, that would probably be my advice. That's great. (laughs) Are you running um, for any brands this season or are you um, unattached? What does that situation look like for you? Yeah, so I'm just running for Empire Elite Track Club, but I, yeah, I'm not associated with um, a brand at the moment. You get to have the flexibility to wear whatever shoes you want. Yeah, it's, it's nice because I can, yeah, run in whatever shoe I want for easy runs and then whatever spike comes out. So I feel like right now, and I feel like I'm also looking at my situation as I'm really looking at this summer as like, I want to see, it's not that big of a deal to not have a sponsorship. I think when I didn't know much about track, I was like, oh yeah, you need to have like a rate. You need to have a sponsor. A lot of people have sponsors that are not really sponsors and they just, you know, it's more about the image of it all. So Yeah. I think I like, don't care about any of that anymore. So I'm like, I am just excited about trying to run fast and (laughs) see. I love it. It goes. 
And I feel like it takes some of the anxiety out of it too, because other times I've been like, oh my God, am I going to run fast enough that they will still want me or whatever. And I think that's all sort of, that can be in your head too. Like you don't need to make it that stressful, but um, I do feel like, yeah, just running for running for my track club and my coaches who I started out with. So good. They're great. They're great. Yeah. We okay. <laughs> They're the best. Honestly, I, uh, my life was kind of a, a mess, but I, we had, I had some great conversations with Tommy this summer and who's just a very encouraging, kind human and John is as well. Like, you know, the whole East, I feel like everyone who trades on the East coast has like a mutual respect for each other. And, um, yeah. in a way we're like, we're all toughing through this and, um, it's been really amazing to see. And I think this, all of that is really valuable advice for people who are just really looking to continue doing this. Like there's not one way to, and I think that, uh, there was people were pushed into, you know, there was groups and individual and things that flip off back and forth so many times. So it's really whatever works best for you in your situation. Yeah. yeah. And I think you see that now you see everyone sort of like, um, working their situation out in different ways. And like everyone sort of figuring out how to make their life work and make running work if, if they want to. So, yeah. All right. We're going to end with kind of a set of questions that I've been, you know, I haven't been asking every guest because sometimes I forget, but I do like these. (laughs) And um, we kind of went over one, but you know, this doesn't have to be running related. This is the more than running podcast. So do you have any advice for your younger self? Advice for my younger self? Um, Probably just to be in the moment more and to... Yeah. Let let things be fun. And well, I think I do have fun, but I think I think the times that I've regretted it is uh, regretted things is when I look back and I was like, I was so stressed during that time. And I didn't see like how cool that experience was. So mm-hmm. I feel like for me, that would be the biggest advice would be like always take a step back and be like, whoa you know, this is whatever stage you're in, whether it's high school or college, there's like really cool parts of every single experience you get to have. And I feel like, like letting yourself fully experience those and be present would be my advice. I'm just write that down. I do that myself. I really do. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's not easy or else we, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. All right. Next question. Rat, what's the best thing you can do to take care of yourself to stay healthy? Hmm. The tough one. I do. Oh, well, I recently started. So the, when I first got up to Flagstaff, I had this stint where like I started feeling horrible. Like I was like, this is not good. I like, could barely finish a workout. Like, I, I got like, go home. <laughs> it, it was bad. Yeah. And um, I think just. I wasn't taking like, I wasn't that good with my vitamins. I, I think just taking care of your body, eating well, doing the little things like resting. I don't know. This is all super general stuff, but like I started taking vitamins and like doing little, I got a little pill box. So I take, you know, <laughs> make sure I like, don't forget. Cause that's my thing is I, I definitely forget to take like my iron, whatever. So I feel like that has been. But then also just like, I try to spend time, like not on, like not on my phone, 
just mm-hmm. like relaxing with my friends. I feel like that's pretty, that's when I feel like happiest is when you're just like kind of disconnected from things. So I feel like I try to make sure I have some time where I'm, you know, either, either going for a walk or just kind of disconnected and letting yourself be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. What are yours? <laughs> my oh, best thing to do to take to stay healthy is I think it's maybe it's a little different for me now because this wouldn't necessarily work if you know, you're in a training group or something super structured, but if there's a day where the workout doesn't fit in and it's going to cause you more stress, it's okay to move it. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really good one. And I think that sometimes that burnt, that burnt me out the schedule of like Tuesday, Friday workout, Sunday, long run. It's like your body doesn't know the days of the week. Yeah. Um, so I've been a little bit more lenient on myself now, um, while I'm working and running and doing everything else and traveling a bunch, but it kind of depends on your situation. But I think that's something that should be utilized more. And, uh, sometimes the weekly cycle is like total burnout mode. Yeah. I think we're so like used to being like Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. It's like, but you sometimes get it in your head that like, if you, you know, if you push it back a day, it matters and it doesn't. No, as I always joke, I'm like, does my body know the difference between uh, six miles and 45 minutes? No, it doesn't know the difference. So like, <laughs> what, why do we count things this way? That's so true. That's a good advice. All right. What's the best piece of advice you've received by a coach? You've already told us a little coach gag uh, mm. insight. Coach gag. Coach gags is, you know, he's like, he's the godfather. He has a lot of good advice. Probably. I would say just like self-belief. Um, I feel like coach gags is kind of believes in you before you believe in yourself and learning how to like have confidence when you have no reason to have confidence mm-hmm. or like just, you kind of have to, I think I coach coach gags and Tommy and John have all sort of told me, you know, sometimes you have to show up before you're ready or kind of just decide to race. Like your training is going amazing when it's not or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that just, just kind of like, it's a, like, believe in yourself. Be the first one to believe in yourself. Ooh, there you go. You nailed it. <laughs> okay. Two more, two more. Okay. Um, all right. I'm changing this one a little bit because what is one thing you wish people knew about you? Oh, one thing I wish people knew about me. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I'm an open book. You can ask me anything. One thing I wish people knew about me. Honestly, I feel like I, I was like super shy in high school. So I feel like there's nothing. I'm never like, I wish people knew that I, I feel like that's not a thought I have really. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm like, I, need, I, I no need to know. Um, we do want to know. We I do, do make bad tie. I guess that's my new thing I'm proud of is I can make, I can make pad thai. So Ooh, that's, that's where I'm coming to Flagstaff. First stop will be your pad thai. Come to Flagstaff. I'll make you pad thai. We'll, we'll, we won't run um, the hard runs. We'll just go mailboxes. Amazing. Yeah. Shrimp, beef, or chicken in your pad thai. What goes in? Tofu? I go chicken. Chicken. Sometimes tofu. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, chicken pad thai. That's like, I want to be someone who has things that they're good at cooking. And that's kind of like what I'm. Do you watch chef's table? I don't, I should, I need to get more inspired. Cause that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel, I feel like I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm 27. Like I want to be able to cook like some good, like I'm such a boring, I, I'm usually such a boring cook. Like I'll just, I don't really care. Like rice, chicken, yeah. you know, vegetables, like that Easy. work. But I'm like, I gotta, I gotta have some passion. Like I need to know how to make some better things. So, I love it. I love yeah. it. I made a beef stew last night. It doesn't look very good today, but it was, I was proud of it. it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, delicious. What, is that your goat? What's your, uh, what dish are you most proud of? Oh, I, I'll just go with that one recently. Cause it was like a lentil beef stew, hearty mm-hmm. makes lots of leftovers. I'm pretty basic as well. We're so boring, but yeah. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had some secret that could be like, I wish everything. Yeah, no. All good. All right. Last question is what it, what are you most excited? What thing are you most excited for? That's coming up on the calendar, uh, a race, another prank that you can tell us here that John, John won't listen to this podcast. So you can tell us here first. Oh, I do have one. We do have one prank in the works. Um, so because we're moving, we have a ton of boxes. So basically I think what Molly and I are going to try to do is like, I'll be inside a box and Molly will be like, John, I need you to move this box, like some insane distance. And then I just like pop out out of it. Ooh, <laughs> That's kind of, it. it's kind of, it's kind of mean. Cause I feel like we're going to have to carry a lot of boxes. I think that. he deserves it. Yeah. But hopefully does. you guys can move them after the Boston marathon. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So probably the biggest things I'm looking forward to are. Uh, well, I'm going to race Mount Sac and my sister and my parents and my older sister, everyone's going to be there. So I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch Molly run Boston. I still am somewhat. So I decided to do Mount Sac instead of the Boston Road Mile, but I almost just kind of want to come up there to watch Molly. So send yeah. it. I'm trying to maybe full send that, <laughs> but Yeah. Do it. Do it. I'll be there. I'll be there. Right. I'll be there. I'll be cheering it on. So if you need a cheer squad, I'll represent. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I will definitely, I'll come find you if I, if I end up making it, making it out there. So people can find you at Dan, Dan, what is it? Dan, Dan 38. Dan, Dan 398. I definitely, yeah. My, my high school, uh, handle, People can find you at DanDan398. You share some pretty high quality content of like behind the scenes Flagstaff. So let's keep track of your season. And I should say thank you so much for coming on. And I'm really excited to see just kind of everything you do moving forward. And hopefully people learn a little bit more about, you know, what gets you going and what's going to motivate you to, you know, accomplish those big goals. I'm excited. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me on and um, have fun at Boston. Maybe I'll see you there. Perfect. It's honestly no secret how much all of us in the Sidious Mag family love track and field and how much we enjoy sharing that love with all of you. If you heard us talk about it on Torch Talk, we preached it every day. Well, we've got some big plans in the works for the upcoming season, none bigger than what we've got planned for Eugene, Oregon. Our summer of Hayward begins with the Nike Prefontaine Classic on Memorial Day weekend, where Team USA's men's and women's 10,000 meter teams will be determined. Then we've got the USATF Outdoor Championship in late June, which will determine the rest of Team USA. 
And then the grand finale, of course, is the World Athletics Championships Oregon 22 in mid-July, where Team USA will be the home team. We'll be there for every competitive moment at Hayward Field and hope to create some moments of our own pre- and post-meet with interviews, analysis, and behind-the-scenes stories with some in track and field's most interesting athletes. Personally, I'm excited to be at the World Championship to see some rematches from this past summer in Tokyo. I think the storylines are super interesting to see how athletes emotionally and physically recover after the biggest competition of their lives. For sure, the summer of Hayward will be unmissable, so don't miss out. Be there if you can. Tickets for all events are on sale now. You can find the hub for them through the handy link at sidiousmag.com backslash summer of Hayward. See you there. Thanks for listening to another episode of More Than Running Pod. I'm so grateful for all of your support. If you like the podcast, please give us a review. It helps us rise up the ranks, the podcast charts, and discover more women who are interested in more than running. Also, if you have a friend who you think would like the podcast, send them a link. Send them an episode that you loved. We're really trying to gain some new listeners this season. We have a lot of fun things in the work, so send them more than running their way. This podcast is part of the Sidious Mag Podcast Network and is edited and produced by Mike Serzolo. So huge shout out to Mike. He makes my life so much easier and your support of the podcast helps us keep him aboard. As you heard from this episode, we have a lot of new sponsors and a lot of fun things happening this summer. So stay tuned. I appreciate all of your support. And if you're in Boston next weekend, the whole Sidious Mag squad will be there. So please say hi. I can't wait for everything that's upcoming and, you know, just wanting to share more stories of more than running.